Meet Parker Bennett, real estate agent. Parker loves cabinets. Parker has a background in building inspections, so he knows houses. This is the Kamloops Insider with Parker Bennett. Hello and welcome everybody to the Kamloops Real Estate Insider podcast for episode 38 on this beautiful April morning. It's a Friday, so it's a good one. Uh, I'm joined with a guest, Blaine Matuga from Central Interior Pumps. Um, he, you're the president? I'm the president. president. Yes, correct. Is that another word for owner? Correct. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. And you're also the president of the BC Groundwater Association. Past president. Past president. Yeah. So I sit as a director at large now in, in the association. Perfect. And today we have Ali Carroll with us. Good morning, Parker. And we're missing somebody. Philippa. Philippa's not here. I know. She was here. She helped us tech, check the mics and she's now gone to sell real estate. Weird. That's a weird thing to do. <laughs> um, today we're talking groundwater and well systems. So our very precious water source. 100%. Maybe the second most precious thing on earth? I guess so, yeah. If you, if you think breathing is good. Breathing's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're not talking gold. No. Um, before we get into who you are, Blaine, uh, yeah. let's just talk a little bit about some stats. I want to talk about uh, real estate since... So some numbers for this morning. We've had um, in uh, March 2018, our listings were at 1,697. This past March, our listings were 1,538, which means we are almost 10% down from last year. Which is driving the market. Yes, it is. And then sales, um, this March we had 218 sales. April last year, we had 311 sales. And February this year, so 2019, 180 sales. So if you look, April last year, 311. February this year, 108. March this year, um, 218. So definitely a lot less sales than last year. Yeah, but I think we're trending towards a 300 number probably this month. Hopefully, yes. I'm a pretty positive guy, so um, I just kind of want to elaborate on that just really quickly. What's driving our market is the lack of inventory. And if we look at, even though we're down just about 10% in listings, we're even down even more inside the city limits. So a lot of those listings are from areas like Merritt and Cash Creek yes. and Ashcroft and uh, Clearwater wow. that don't necessarily get the same attention as like an Aberdeen, Sahali, Barnhartville, Dallas home, right? So I think we're even lower. I looked last night, we were just at the crest of 600 listings inside the city limits, which is even dramatically lower than we were last year at this time. Wow. And uh, I'm going to add one more thing here. Do that. So our residential um, medium price is $502,000. Yes. And uh, if I'm looking at where the sales are coming from, that's what's driving it up. And I'm going, I'm, the reason why I'm saying that is because lots of people come and say, well, if, if that's the medium price, my house should be higher. Right. But the reason why those price, that price is higher is because of the number of sales above 500,000 and the number of sales above 600,000, between six and seven, there's 15 sales in the month of March, right. which is... A lot more. I don't know if you remember when we mentioned the previous months that was in the single digits. We, we started off the year, nothing was selling in the higher price brackets. Yes. And I think the reason the, the median house price is going up so rapidly is because there absolutely is no product available. Yes. Like in that 300 class. 
So it's all gone. So, so most of the sales are about 500,000, 600,000. It just happens to be, right? Yes. So we were coming off last year. At this time, our median house price was 455. And the last two months, it's been steady at 455. And then we had jumped up to 502. Yes. So interesting. And I thought I would also add this. Um, if you follow along and watch the videos, I did a video earlier this week about where all the buyers were coming from. Yes. Know, from different parts of our province and different parts of our country. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to note that 70% of single, fam home, home, single family buyers um, are from the Kamloops area. And 30% of them are coming from elsewhere in the, in the province and even some from Alberta. So if we rewind it and back it up to earlier last year, we were being dominated by the Fraser Valley. Those were the guys that were selling their townhouse, selling their, you know, 1970s built single family dwelling mm -hmm. for eight hundred, $900,000 and moving to Kamloops and being mortgage free, buying pretty much the same product. Mm -hmm. Now that market has shrunk and we're seeing the greater Vancouver buyers coming in, wow. which is now making up just about 15% of our market. Wow. That's so huge. It's interesting. Yeah, we'll see how that plays those out. Those numbers here. are huge. Um, okay. Enough with real estate. Let's talk about groundwater. Blaine, uh, why don't you give me a formal introduction and tell me a little bit about yourself? Okay. So as Parker said, my name's Blaine Matuga. I um, come from, uh, been around the drilling industry, water well industry for quite a few years. My background actually is from plumbing. So I was a, a plumber, worked for companies in Kamloops and around the province for over 15 years doing that, mostly in commercial. Um, switched over um, to the, a lot more to do with groundwater, got very actively involved in, um, um, in the groundwater association. Um, and I sat on the board, like we were talking earlier that I was the president of the BC groundwater association for two years. But when you're president, you're also doing a whole bunch of other, um, things in the, in the, in the, in the, within the industry. Um, back to, we do, um, we, we do it. We do pretty much everything but drill. So the driller comes in, drills a well. We look after everything from that point on to get you water in your house. Right. Um, commercially wise, we do a lot of work for uh, Indian bands. A um, uh, lot, lot of mine work, the local mine here, um, mines out of Kamloops, um, as well as um, municipal projects as well. Work for City of Camels, work for, for Chase and Cash Creek and right. all the outlying areas. So. so is it just potable water typically, or are you dealing with water issues in the ground too, and you're trying to vacate that? So, yeah, so we do, so up at the mine, for instance, we do a lot of dewatering projects so that they can move forward with their exploration. Um, we also have to deal with, um, you know, uh, waste rock or, you know, waste rock, rock water and also do treatment on that in certain mine, mine applications to bring the level of arsenics down so that they can be introduced back into the environment. Um, but for somebody in a local, like in local residential house, they might have a lot of, um, they could have arsenic in their water just naturally. We, we can treat for that. 
Um, But mostly in our area, it's um, for products in the water, first of all, is hardness. Most people that have groundwater have hard water. And then the next thing is iron and manganese, and that's the stuff. And then when everybody talks about, well, my water's stinky, well, it's probably got H2S in it, and we can treat for that too. Right, okay. So tell me a little bit about arsenic. Is that like in a mine application, would that be something introduced to the water? For the process of milling or? No, typically arsenic that's in groundwater is a natural occurring uh, product in there and it precipitates out when it comes to surface. Um, there is different areas that can have arsenic in it, but we find that as we go deeper and as groundwater gets more scarce, um, we seem to drill deeper and right. then we start seeing stuff come that we haven't seen before. Right. Um, it's just stuff that's deeper in the ground yeah. and more compressed. It, and I mean, I know everybody now when they build a house, they have to deal with the, the radon situation. We can get radon in water too. So, right. yep, definitely. I recently posted that on my... I saw Instagram. that. See that? Yes. Because I just learned that for myself. I okay. couldn't believe that, that it would actually come through the water and be introduced, you know, in your showering and your toilet and all that kind of stuff. Definitely, 100%. We don't see high enough, uh, high enough numbers that we're typically that's over the MAC level, which the MAC level is the groundwater regulation level that right. we have to try and achieve. Um, so, yeah, for the most part, not so much. But if it's been a known area um, for radon, yeah. we're going to test for it. Okay. Yeah. So interesting. And just to be clear from yeah. what I understand, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah. that's not going to be a city water issue. No, it's going to be a rural property that's drilled, that, that has a drilled well and you're drawing water right out of the ground. Correct. Yeah. We live in a mining area. Mm-hmm. Like, let's face it, this, this, this town has got a lot of mines that <laughs> people don't even know exist here. Right. This is what we have to drill through to get water. Well, guess what? We're yeah. going to see stuff. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, that's interesting. Um, l- before I get into this, yeah, l- let's just talk about radon for a little bit. Okay. In your experience, okay, maybe this is a question for someone else, maybe not, but stop me if it is. Yeah. Um, in our recent building code w- that's had the radon um, preventative measures built into our BC building code. Yeah, correct. Are we are we missing something in that water part, or do you feel like we're do, do you feel like there's there's really no way to deal with that water potentially. At this point, it's um, as we start seeing different things, um, typically typically when water gets tagged, so to speak, as that there's something in the water, um, it comes from that's a carcinogenic. Let's face it, we everybody thinks about as nowadays with what's going to kill us, tip, right. and we see cancer. So if the levels have not been there before, we typically don't know that they're there because we're not testing for them. So the odd time a municipality has to do a large-scale well, um, and and they test for everything. Same thing with most of the um, Aboriginal wells that have been, um, that have been drilled in the past, years past, were never tested for it. Any new well that goes in gets tested. Okay. Yeah. If it's a known area. If it's, they'll even test it. They'll right. test it even if it's not a known area to see if it is actually there. Right. They never used to. Okay. So. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Do I see it coming in the BC building code at code anytime soon? Probably not. So, I mean, I'm just thinking outside the box. If I was just 
like thinking mechanically, mm-hmm. okay? And for any listeners that don't know what radon is, radon is essentially rotting uranium, right? Correct. That is coming up out of the ground and it, it can leak through your house, whether it be a crack in a foundation or or around a plumbing stack or a pipe that's, you know, going into the ground. 100%. It would almost seem like the well would have a better chance of getting radon in your house than than the gas vapor that's rising underneath your your slab. Yeah, it's it comes to a point where um, once it in, is introduced into the air, right, after you uh, run your tap and then it, it comes out, um, but for the most part... Um, that when we get levels of you know of uranium in in wells, uh, it's down so low. The percentages are down mm-hmm. so low. Yeah. Sometimes they're even undetectable. Like right. they're they're that low, um, uh, even in areas that's known to be right. there. But for the most part, like you said, as it as it sits there and rots, and you happen to drill into that area, it's a good possibility that it could come in. But it's right. going to stay probably entrained in the well, as, and it doesn't. Because, like you said, it's like an, an air coming through into your house, right? Right. We've got it trapped in the water itself. Right. The pressure of the water is going to be holding it. It's holding it in. Yeah, yeah. It's not vaporing off. Okay. Well, that's yeah. interesting. Um, let's say we're realtors, so we want to talk real estate kind of related okay. stuff. Um, let's pretend, for instance, that we are selling a client a, a undeveloped lot, rurally. We're okay. talking rural at this point, anyways. Sure. Um, walk us through the process of locating water okay and in the process of drilling and installing a well okay so for for the most part in our and we'll we'll kind of keep it to our area because that's where we're going to see sales done right so most of the area that's going to be outside of the city limits is going to be in the regional district the tnrd so what the tnrd has if they're if they're subdivided lots off a lot of times the water has already been established because you have to sell property basically yeah. with mm-hmm. water, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if you've owned that piece of property for a long period of time in the family, um, then there's going to be another situation where you're going to start to want to look for water. And this can still apply, though, to somebody purchasing a lot that needs to, you know, that has to put a well on there. So the first thing I'm going to, the first thing that we're going to look at is, is there a septic system in the area? Because we have to have setbacks from that. And I'm not, I won't really give numbers out right now because it's it's too hard to give numbers from. The other thing is, is we just had this recently come across is there was a cemetery in the area. We got to make sure that they're away from a cemetery. Right. It needs setbacks. Um, you know, um, we don't get, um, we don't, we have to have four, we have to look at if this, if this property is near a creek, a river or a a lake, for instance, we, we need setbacks. Um, so that's the first thing that we, we want to do. Um, and then, so the next thing that's going to happen is, is we're going to bring in a drill rig. And so now what we, what we do before the drill rig actually comes in, we're going to look in that area for known depths. So we want to find out so that the, the customer, the client, goes, okay, how much it costs? Because that's yeah, their yeah. big question, right? Yeah. How much is it going to cost per foot? So if you say, let's give a rough ballpark number, 38 to $40 a foot, and they can do math pretty quick in their head yeah. if we go over 100 feet. Right. So there is some areas, seven, 800-foot wells, yeah, yeah. not a lot of water. But what we do mostly for the client is to look gallons per minute 
And if there's no one flowing artesian in the area, I'll, right. I'll touch on that a little bit in a little bit. I have a question. Sure. Also real estate related. Okay. Um, say I have a client and they say, I want that lot. Okay. But I want to know if it has water. So it has nothing in it. So there's no, would they be able to call someone like you? Can you tell me if I'm going to be, do I buy it or not? This is before. It's not, it's not once they purchased it. Okay. So typically there's already a well though that would go with that property and the reason being is because like i was getting to earlier most of the product it, it the, the lot has to have water i on it. i had a okay. situation where i had a client that is yep. purchasing a property it's been in the family for a long time okay. nobody did anything with it the kids and it's an estate sale and it has no well it's on the other side of the river yep. up on okay um, so it was a little higher sure. and, uh, and he's, he did bring someone that he trusted to say, but what if they call you and they say, can I get water here? Okay. So there is no well. Okay. So <laughs> we're back to that situation. Like I said, that's been, you know, in the family, like yeah. you said, for quite a while. So let, okay. So let's touch on that situation. So, um, the, the, the BC, the so the, the BC government website that has a records of wells in most areas, they will um, uh, they'll give you some indication of depths. Like okay. it will tell you the depths. It'll give you like a rough idea, possibly how many gallons per minute the wells in that area were drilled. So now there's two sides of it. We can either bring in a hydrogeologist and look at yeah. the ground layout and possibly give his professional opinion yeah. on it, or we're bringing in a witcher. So, and we can, <laughs> and I like the, that. And the thing is, is um, it, there, there, there is merit to it. I'm not going to say I'm a fan or not a fan. Um, there is merit to mm-hmm. it for sure. Um, so, you always hear the story, yeah, right, of it being dead accurate. Yep, for sure. But uh, yeah. um, that's interesting. But the thing is, with say with let's go into your clients. Um, they 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 want we can't we can't see what we can't see, right? Yes. Like that's the problem. And so, um, for the most part, we can in we can find water. I just don't know how much mm-hmm. and how deep we got to go. Right. So. That's that can be the tricky situation. Okay. Is, is there like geotechnical maps of areas around here that you could like look into and say, okay, like theoretically yeah. speaking, um, you know, like there is no neighbor. Let's say that's quarter right. sections of land, and yeah, can you? Is there some sort of tool that you could use to try and draw up where? Potentially, artesians could be popping through. Yeah, so layer, so layer mapping is basically what you're come, what you're talking mm-hmm. about yep. in a lot of cases. So they add layers to where um, the, the 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 gradient of the land, possibly that they're you know they had done studies in that area for um, for outcroppings of uh, for a bedrock. Right. Um, so there's there is a lot of geo 
geo layout, so to speak, in, in different areas. Um, now, um, ground penetration that's been done in the past for to see if they can find water. So typically ground penetration is they're looking for where the bedrock actually is. And if it's not a bedrock well, then it's going to be sand and gravel. So they'll start looking at that situation where right. um, that the potential for water is a lot higher because of that. Right. Um, so, so bedrock yeah. is, is a good sign. Bedrock can be a good sign. Um, bedrock doesn't put out a ton of water because it's typically in fissures, sand and gravels and with confining layers is, um, it, it typically puts out more, more water than a bedrock well. Right. Um, what I'm looking for is when the, when we look for bedrock is, is that we're looking for maybe the, the side of the shelf where the glaciers push through the, through the, through the valley. Right. Um, they're not going to, they're not going to touch on the bedrock. They're going to hit it and they're going to keep moving, which means that there's going to be more deposits and stuff for, for areas that we can drill into. I feel like we're talking gold right now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it is it's it's better than gold. gold. It's starting to get to be about that price too in yeah, some yeah, areas. Yeah, for sure. So I have another question sure. to that too. Then, um, have you ever run into where you start drilling and you're in our meeting a couple of weeks ago? They talked about archaeological sites mm -hmm. that you have to be careful about that. Yeah. We just chew it up, right? The drill hides all evidence. <laughs> well, it 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 uh, it can and it can't. I mean, there's definitely studies down in the states and and down um, and even in Europe too, where drillers have drilled and brought up artifacts for sure. And so then I have you have to completely stop and then depending on what area, yeah, you do. Uh, our area, like honestly worldwide area, our area is still new to. Um, you know, to that, yeah. to that situation. But, um, you normally in our area, if you're going to see something, you're going to see it within the, in the first 20, 20 yeah. to 30 feet. Yeah. 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 So when we're talking a hundred feet, we're past anything that's going to be yeah. there. Right. You'll find a dinosaur there. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Well, I don't know. Let's, let's yeah. back it up a little bit just okay. for like listeners. Like, can we touch on the yeah. theory of witching? Like how that theoretically could be a, a way to find water? So there's, there is a couple of theories on why people can witch for water. Um, so you had to know I was going to ask uh, this question. Obviously, <laughs> I, obviously I've tried it. Yeah. Can I have I, too. Can I do it? Yeah, I can do it. Can really? I, can I, can I tell you how deep the well is? Um, or, you know, no. Yeah. And probably because there's no way that somebody's yeah. going to hold it against me. Um, I do it with, um, you've heard the, the two willow sticks. Yeah. Or, 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 well, it's one, but it crosses into a, a wishbone. Um, I can't do it with the willow, with that. But I do have, they're made out of, you know, here's new technology. They're fiberglass that come together in a wishbone situation. I do, I can use those and I can, and I can feel the water. They say it's a magnetic energy within your body that pulls you towards the water. Um, you probably heard about the two welding rods that you turn into, um, little L-shaped uh, rods, and then you can walk across. We use them to actually find water lines under the ground. Oh, wow. It works. Yeah. 100%. Okay. So when the two rods cross, you hold them in your hand in an L-shape, L and when they cross over... That's where the that's where the water line is. I ain't looking for water. I'm gonna check that out. I, that's fun. Yeah. yeah, I want to try it. So I can. <laughs> yeah. I don't think this guy's listening to the podcast, so I'm gonna kind of burn him on this one. But 
I, I had a client who brought me out to a very desolate area in Barrier mm-hmm. on a high plateau where, in my experiences, the other houses around had very, very little water. Sure. Lots of cisterns in the area. Yep. Um, and we, he had me out and he was explaining to me how, how he's had success in the past. Sure. And he got real excited this one area. Okay. So we spent a lot of time yeah. with the willow sticks. Okay. I just wasn't feeling it. No. And he was like, I can barely hold it. I can barely hold it. And I was like, this guy's crazy. Nothing there, right? But I don't know. Maybe yeah. uh, maybe wasn't doing it right. Yeah. And there's there's other guy. I mean, he's passed away long, uh, quite a few years ago. And he used to use um, what looked like a hammer. And um, and he'd get down on the ground and grab his little three little rocks. And he'd put them in a little pile and everything. And then he'd, he'd move his hammer up and down. And, and <laughs> more times yeah. than not, we got water. So... Was this one of the Aboriginal guys in Calips? No, he was oh. no, no. Um, so uh, Mackie was. We used to call him Mackie, but okay. uh, Mackie Pausabon was his name. So, yeah. and um, and he was he was one heck of a witcher. Wow, but interesting. I'm gonna try the waterline thing. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing some irrigation dig up. So there you go. Here. Make sure there's think. water in it. Though. <laughs> yeah, you make sure the water's in. Yeah, open the water. Doesn't work. Like yeah. another suckered on me. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, so let's say we assume that we find water. Okay. Or we suspect water. Okay. And we suspect that it's, uh, it's going to be feasible to get access to it. Okay. Um, actually, maybe I'll just back up a little bit. Sure. We talked a little bit about like lots not having established water. Yes. I think in real estate, what we run into a lot is that because they're subdivided lots, mm-hmm. there is a water source, right. but a lot of times it's a shared well, yeah. or you know, it's the easiest way to subdivide a property. We'll give an easement on this well over here, yeah. and when mm-hmm. a buyer comes in, they want to establish their own water. Right. Um, now I'll fast forward it. So we, we, we bring the drill rig in, mm-hmm. and we start drilling. Does the customer just sit there and sweat? 100%. Yeah. Yeah, because money's going. Right. Money's going out the window. And he's like, well, I don't, have you measured that? Is that really a foot? I think it's only three quarters of a foot on that one. Yeah. <laughs> so how does that process work? So, yeah, you're exactly right. So we, first we come in, we have, we have to follow certain groundwater regulation rules. So the groundwater regulation says that we must have a surface seal. So we put in a surface seal to protect from both, from water coming up, water going down around the outside of the casing to protect the well. We start drilling. We start drilling at, like I said, $38 to $40 a foot. Money adds up quick. Once we hit water, we airlift and we establish a rating of, the, of how much water is actually coming out of the well. We try to go not less than one gallon per minute. One gallon per minute in a household use is 1,400 gallons per day. That will more than suffice a house. Um, there is different rules and regulations to every different regional district. A regional district in our area says that you not, must pump out a certain amount of water. We don't really care how much the recovery on the well is. As long as you can get this much water out, there you go. Your, your, okay. your, your subdivision is kind of a, whatever approved. Interesting. We try to go over um, one gallon per minute, and the reason being is is from a pump guy's point of view, we don't want to have to put it into a reservoir because we've probably got to treat this water. Yeah. So we're back to that mm-hmm. situation too. But the drillers can't, they can't predict what they got, so they're going to try and shoot for at least one gallon per minute. If they don't, 
we typically get a call from the driller saying, hey, we're down to a quarter to a half gallon per minute. You're going to have to put a reservoir in. That's okay. the, that's what we need to know. Right. Um, so when you drill, mm-hmm. the, the surface seal that you're talking about is what we visually see, right? It's the, it's, um, it's like the steel this, shaft. That's the casing. The casing. The surface seal is what we do to protect, and that's just the outside. So no, the the what you got, what you always see when you come onto um, onto a, a building site or a house that has a well, right. you're going to just see a, a steel pipe that's sticking out of the ground, twelve inches, or you're going to go into a pump house, and then somebody's mm-hmm. going to have it inside of a pump right. house. Now, does that steel casing does that run the distance of the well? Okay, so two two ways it can. One, it can, and it'll go into actually what we were talking earlier of the sand and gravel well. Um, the other one, it will be in a bedrock well. And so what we'll do is we'll send it down right into the bedrock, drive it into the bedrock, um, a foot, two feet into the bedrock, and then we'll case it with a plastic liner um, to wherever the, the the full depth of the well is going to be to prevent anything caving in onto the onto the pump. Right, I see. Mm. Okay. okay, interesting. Um, what what about a shallow well, or what we call like what's the nickname for a shallow well? A dug, a dug well, up. dug well, or a pit well? Right, okay. like a John Deere backhoe kind of style. Yeah. Um, so the groundwater regulation is really against that situation because of contamination from surface water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we also, you typically now need to have approval, um, because this is going to be a potable well, um, you'll need, you'd need approval that it, it, it meets regulation. Um, so they're frowned upon, um, and then on top of it, if it's in a pit, it becomes a confined entry space, and that's it's a it's quite a bit more to for people to work on it and stuff like that right. too. But we still see a lot of one hundred percent, yeah, a lot of shallow wells yeah. that are. Yeah, the famous words from the homeowner is, "Oh, I've been drinking it for thirty years, and well, I'm still kicking." Yeah. Um, my husband grew up in Nutsford. This time of the year. Yeah. It's interesting what yeah. I think uh, they're talking about the spring run. Right. Spring freshet. And uh, I have some friends that have a property there. They don't live in Kamloops, but they're renting it out and the tenants are leaving because the water is terrible. Right. Well, yeah. I shouldn't say it that way, but right. yeah. they don't understand that it's just this time of the year and yeah. you still buy your water, right? right. They don't Correct. drink it. And yeah. But there are shallow wells. They're not... Do you find it interesting that like as a culture, we still must take water heavily for granted. We do. Because um, there just doesn't seem to be as much value from a purchasing perspective on whether or not we have a good source of water. Or maybe we're just blessed that we have a, an area that has so much damn water. And that's usually what it comes down yes. to. Yeah, right. 100%. Yeah. Um, when, when, when water becomes scarce is when people start to realize, Right. Right. Um, they don't even worry about the quality of water. It's when water becomes scarce. Right. That's when it becomes an issue. Right. Yeah. Because you can treat most water. Treat just about all water now. Right. Yeah, there's not really too many that you can't. And same way with these shallow wells. I, you know how many times we come across them, and yeah. we explain to them, you need to have protection yeah. on that through a UV filter of mm-hmm. something. Um 
maybe we need to test for it to make sure that there's not something else in the water um, that could be harmful to you. That a UV, even a UV, it'll you know it'll make the the bacteria sterile. Yeah. But maybe there's something else in the well. Back to your you know radon, yeah. blah blah blah. Yeah, that yeah. could be in the well that could also be harmful to you. Right. There should be treatment, or there should be a ruled out that you don't need treatment. Right. So there's there's treatment companies that I've spoken to. Sure. They treat either for bacteria, yeah. and it's like the quick quick uh, and then for heavy metals and everything else. So there's the two types. What would you recommend? Which one? Just to test for everything. Okay. So, um, well, we'll lead into the other one too, and that's uh, or, or you. I mean, that's. Um, so what we do is if somebody, if somebody contacts me, um, they have, you know, they just purchased this property and, um, we would like to have a water test done on it. So what I'll do is then I'll, I'll treat both. I'll, I'll go, okay. Mm -hmm. So we're going to look at what the, obviously the bacteria to the well, that's number one. And then the other side of it is like you said, heavy metals or, whatever the other prop properties are in the water. And then we put a treatment package together based on that. But there's also some people that just want to, um, uh, you know, uh, do the minimum. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know? Treat well, bacteria. I find that bacteria. most of the testing happens before. We actually put it on the contract. So it's going to, it's one of the subjects is that they're happy with the, Testing. Yeah. Not, not the treatment. Did I say the treatment? Most of the testing happens before they purchase the property. Right. But the good thing to give them would be something, like you say, a package that says, look, your, your water didn't come out like you wanted, but you have all right. these options. Right. Yeah. Instead of saying, just collapse the deal because your water is undrinkable. Yeah. 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 Uh, this is a good segue. segue. Yeah. So okay. let, let, let's imagine now we're purchasing a used property or a pre yeah. previously occupied property that has a well, an existing well, and we want to confirm its quality and, and quantity of, uh, of a well. Let's, let's walk through that process. Okay. Um, let's start by quantity because I think <coughs> in my experience, and maybe Ali can verify this too in hers, but mm -hmm. most people don't check for quantity. No, They're usually no, just correct. checking quality of water and they take quantity for, for granted. They do for sure. Um, so in a situation that, like you're saying, we're coming in to do a well inspection, um, when we give everybody an opportunity to do, like you said, both, okay? The problem is, is to do an actual true quantity test on a well is in the thousands. Yeah. It, it just is. There's a lot of, you know, there's a yeah. lot of work behind doing it. Um, because if I try and do a quantity test in a quick test... I become liable to saying that your well produces two to three gallons per minute. Right. The only way I'm going to be able to actually give you that true reading is I'm going to bring in a hydrogeologist and 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 uh, and actually prove that we have su sufficiently tested this well long enough to prove the outcome of this well. Right. The other side of that. Hold on, can I stop you right there? For yeah, second? I don't want to interrupt. But yeah, I, no, no, that's good. Let's just talk about what that test looks like. Okay, sure. So, so you're you're trying to prove or an established, previously established water, and someone says, "I got all kinds of money. I want to make sure I have a good well." Okay. So what we would what we would do is we'd come in and we'd pull all the gear out of their well. Then we would put in another pump in that well and and then do a step test uh, to get a, 
a close rating to what the drawdown is on the well. Once we establish the step test of that well, then we test that well for a minimum of 24 hours. So we, we watch the drawdown on that well for 24 hours. At the end of the 24 hours, then we do what's called a recovery test, and we actually watch the water as it comes back up into the well from where we started. Now, maybe that well didn't draw down very far, but we're actually trying to what we call taxing the well to see that we, if, we're, if we can bring in more water or that, um, that that's all we've got. Right. So um, we want to get it. We want to establish first a baseline, and then we actually want to see that water come into there. Um, and the reason that we do that um, for that long period of time is this could be in January or this could be in August or September. We need to know what that, how that water is, that well is being influenced by where that water's coming from. Right. So as you can see, you know, we're talking quite a few dollars involved in, involved and, in that. And realistically, once we get to a comfortable established amount of water, yeah. do we really need to prove that it has 50 gallons per minute? Yeah. Right? Like right. we're not going to use that in if most we have a domestic application, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Does that test yeah. actually hurt the well? No, not okay. whatsoever. No. It doesn't? does not hurt the well, no. Oh, wow. Okay. No. Um, actually, a lot of wells, what we do is we try, like especially in a municipal application, we can't do it in a residential, and I'll be quick on this, is we try and keep the well running as long as we can so that there's always fresh water introduced into that well. Sure. In a well, in a, in a whole, um, you know, a domestic well, typically we don't do that because the well, the pump's going to be on and the pump's going to be off, whatever right. the demand is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Interesting. So let's, let's fast forward. Um, yeah. We have a buyer, and he has love. He, he's got a desire to purchase a property, and, sure. and makes an acceptable uh, acceptable offer to the seller. And now, in those conditions, we build in a water quantity and quality test yeah. by an authorized person like yourself. Yeah. Um, now they they they're coming down to, okay, it seems like it has water. Yeah. But but we do. Is there another test that we can do where we bring in a specialist that maybe doesn't load? tax the, the well and cost thousands of dollars that will give us maybe not a thorough evaluation, but a much more professional opinion from somebody who would know. Okay. So I, I can't speak for every other company, obviously, but our company, what we do is we, we so we find the well, first we, what we do is we find the well log on that well. What was this well rated for back when the driller drilled the well? Um, that gives us an indication. It does not give us what, what um, a true meaning of the well, it was just at the time of drilling that they airlifted the well at a certain gallons per minute. They didn't put a pump in it. They just blew air down into the hole and whatever they got at the top of the well is how they rate the well. Mm -hmm. That's what a driller does. Once that is established to me, I look at the, the, the equipment that's actually been installed in this well and I look for pump protection things um, I look at the depth, I look at the ground, what, where that, what kind of well that was drilled in, and I also look at what other people in that area have for water. Sure. Um, obviously, indications to me is, oh, they have a reservoir. I think we're looking at a low-producing well. Yeah. There's probably no reason other than if we have records from the homeowner that the well goes dry and now all of a sudden they're hauling water in there to fill up that reservoir. 
Yeah. Um, the situation is, is that um, if you're producing, again, back to that one to half a gallon per minute, you're producing a lot of water in a 24-hour period. And now you are putting it into storage. So there's, there's, there's easy triggers right off yeah, the yeah. bat yeah. that we can look at. But our big thing is, is that we want to make sure that the, um, the well is sustainable to what that reservoir is, for sure, on that side of it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I have a good story. Okay. Waiting around for a client to show up to a house. Okay. Um, and a water truck drives by. Yeah. And I'm standing at the end of his driveway. He yeah. slows down. Sure. He look, looks at me and he says, do you need water? I'm thinking, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. He's been here before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, again, it, you're exactly right. We, we can usually tell, and the other side of it too is, is how much filtration is on it. The, can this well sustain that filtration or are they bringing in the water truck because it's treated to water? Yeah. Yeah, Fair for enough. sure. Um, I don't want to get too much into the, like the, the quality testing because for us as realtors, it's a fairly established protocol that we would get water treated mm-hmm. or, or tested for, quali- for quality um, at a lab. But I would like to maybe emphasize the difference between just tr- checking for bacteria and checking for a hard yeah. iron. Now, in the Health Canada guide, yeah, water guide? Water guide, yeah. Um, there's a, a fair amount of leniency for metals. Am I correct? Uh, yeah, for certain metals, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Just because um, there's there's what they call the harmful metals, and then they call the basically the aesthetic side of it. Right. So we we want to see the customer come into a place, like you just said, the median price is over five hundred thousand dollars. We're a pretty small part of it when we're going into per, when the when in if you look at the big scheme on there, right? Right. So we always recommend to the client if. The metals have not been tested to test for that mm-hmm. because now all of a sudden they purchased this beautiful place. They don't have an, you know, they don't, maybe they don't have an iron filter on there. And the first time they do a load of laundry, they got orange, white clothes. clothes. Yeah, yeah. That used to be white. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it, like, yeah. you should be able to find some indicators on that as well. Yeah. Like on the tub and the toilet usually gives those, yeah. those ones away. Yeah. And I, and I, hey, I even look for that too, to see if the filtration equipment's actually doing its job, yeah, if it's enough. in there. Yeah. 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 What's a typical filtration system cost for general bacteria? We're talking UV and maybe a couple of filters and... Okay. So the thing is that people have to understand is I can't put in a UV system unless the water is down below a certain um, hardness. Because what happens is the hardness actually coats the lens that the light passes through. And that's what protects us. If that lens is all dirty, the light can't pass through it and not do its job by making those little bugs inactive. We got to clean that water up from hardness before we can treat it. Correct. And can you do that? Can you first... Yeah, so you put a so water softener in first, before it, oh, okay, okay. and then you put the, right. you know, huh. brings down the hardness to it. Iron is a bad one because iron turns into slime, right. and it um, and it'll slime coat that with a, like a slimy. And iron is a bacteria; it's just not a, typically a right. harmful bacteria. Yeah, like if you ever took a zinc rod out of a hot water tank or something like that, and you have iron. I mean, it's just like a, it's like pulling an oil filter out of a. Yeah, so. So, and this is and this is good for people. Just knowledge. If you have, um, if you do smell that rotten egg smell in the house, yeah. 
and you and it's like, hey, that's funny. It only smells in the hot water, but not in the cold water. Uh, H2S reacts with the sacrificial anode that's inside of a hot water tank and it precipitates out. And that's why you get that rotten egg smell in the house. It's in low levels that you don't have it in the cold water. Right. But because that good old magnesium rod that's sitting in there. Right. Mm -hmm. Reacts. Reacts and you get the smell in your house. Okay. So. Yeah. I've heard this happen before and I, and I'm sure this is the old. The old tale here. Mm-hmm. Um, I just throw, you know, a couple gallons of bleach in my well in the spring, and it's just good to go. Oh, <laughs> if you could see me cringe right now. <laughs> um, so where this came from was actually from the government. Okay. The government is there to protect humans, and that's what they're there. They're not there to protect the well. Yeah. That's not their mandate. The problem is, is every time you throw down a bucket of bleach, it's not. Um, you, what you do is you kill the bacteria down there, but you might not kill all the bacteria. So what you just did was, was actually cause a food source for all the little bugs down there to right. multiply three times as fast. Mm. So now every year it gets worse and worse, and that's why we never, ever want to see anybody ever put chlorine or bleach into their well ever treat it at the top of the well and at for the source because busted because 90 (laughs) percent of the time it's actually the 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 contamination is not from the well can be i'm not saying it won't be but night there is studies that 90 percent is from something else contaminating it contaminating the water yeah yeah um maybe you could just touch a little bit on an artesian well or or what the Sure. What's so special about an artesian well? Okay. Um, oh, and the, I just want to say one more time. If you are going to do it, make sure you don't put any bleach in there that's got actually fabric softener in there. It really makes your water taste funny and smell, <laughs> smell funny, and you really got problems now. So just be careful if you ever go on, you know, online and says, yeah. oh, yeah, you got to put that. Be careful. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, flowing artesian wells. Um They're scary to us. Um, The government has made sure now that we're to protect the environment from wasted water. Um, And flowing artesian wells are are not good. They can cause cause a lot of grief to somebody that might have one that doesn't know how to protect that source of water. Um, Because a lot of time artesian wells will go artesian and not go artesian. So people will put pipes off of them. And when it goes into a vacuum situation, all that water that was going out into the ground, they've just sucked up some bad stuff and put it in your well. So that's the first side of it. We just closed a well off in Westworld uh, two weeks ago that was producing 750 gallons per minute out of the top of the well. And the government just paid $1.6 million to have that well closed. Well, they are, they're scary. Um, drillers have to be known, they have to be careful, um, and they follow procedures to protect. But what a homeowner needs to know, and I hate to be a fear monger in this, when you go to drill a new well, you have to be aware of the cost that if it ever is incurred, it's directly responsible to the homeowner to pay those costs. If you bump into... If you bump into a flowing artesian well, because it's mandatory by the government that the driller must close or 
basically close that well or control that well. That's his only options, and those costs are over and above the drilling of the well. So, so let's say we uh, yeah. are out showing a property, and we notice yep. this funny-looking pipe coming off the well. Yep. A little waterfall and some frogs hanging out in it. Yeah. That, that considerably would be an artesian, or at least at an artesian state? Correct. And what could the new homeowner potentially run into by purchasing that property? Um, in that it could, uh, it, it, okay. So I, again, not trying to be fear mongering here, but there should be some sort of a protection. There should be that you should be looking at what's going to harm me if that well becomes contaminated. The other side of it is, um, if that well, the casing starts to rot out one day, what, what does it, what is it going to cost me to fix up this well? Right. And that's where it could be. It could get expensive. Right. Um, the ones that are more scary is is that they're closed off and they actually produce pressure. Right. And now, how do I work on that well down the road if that well starts to rot out? Right. So that's the sign. That those are signs to look mm. at. Interesting. And that's why I. Lo- that's why we love what we do is because realtors hire us to come and look at those situations we can explain to the new homeowner. Right. I mean, I've seen lots of people advertise, probably incorrectly, mm-hmm. um, you know, beautiful acreage, artesian well, Yeah. you know, just, and it sounds so beautiful. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's sounds a rainbow good. at the end of the, yeah. at the end of this property. Yeah. It's... In in our so in our world, sometimes that can be misleading. That most wells in our area are actually artesian. It's just that it's overcoming the atmospheric pressure, so it might come up closer to surface. So that's why water always rises in a well. But a flowing a flowing artesian well is that it's actually moving water out of the top, and it's actually higher pressure than atmospheric pressure. Right. So tidbit. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um. Here's something I've always been confused by. Okay. Uh, a pitless adapter. Okay. So you, so you see that case sitting yeah. out there, the casing. Yeah. And you, sometimes you'll see electrical or to be in a, a pump house where there's, there's power going up through the That's cap. correct. You bet. And you're like, well, where's the water coming? Where does it go? <laughs> right? Okay. So uh, the, way that I, the way that I explain it to is everybody's seen a guillotine. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, usually a guillotine is revolves around somebody's head being cut off. It works in the same situation in that the pipe from the from the pump um, comes up inside the well, goes into this slip style plate like a guillotine, and the water goes up through it and heads to the house. So that's probably the the easiest um, situation or easiest way to explain it. Right. In that, so that. Um, there's an O-ring that's on the end of it so that when I slip it down there, that's the seal. Right. So, yeah, so it's just a slip plate onto another plate, and then the water comes up and goes through it. Is that a high risk for contamination around that area? It's actually a really good way of doing it. It's, it's, it's the best way to keep contamination um, happening. Interesting. Yeah. But a pain when you got to go deal with it? No. No. No, because I can just come up to a well, pop the well cap off. I can, uh, we have a, what's called a pitless bar. Yeah. I screw it into the top and up everything comes. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, well houses are not fun because they usually have to drill a hole or cut a hole in the roof and then I've got to pull right. everything through that. It's a good place to put a vent later. 
Um, is our groundwater shrinking? In certain areas, yes. In the Merritt area, definitely, 100%. Um, in the North Thompson, not so much. Right. Um, the South Thompson, certain pockets. Um, I can drill right beside the river 400 feet deep, not hit water. Wow. It's just the way that the river and the glacier came through. I can c- go out in the North, um, in the North Thompson, and um, especially as you go past Hefley Creek, it's just unbelievable how much water's out in that country. Yeah. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. I've sold some houses out there. Good on one side of the road, not, not so good so on much. the other side of the road. Yeah, it can be. It gets You're really exactly thin on the right. other side. Yeah. You're exactly right. And that's probably like you say before, you always imagine the groundwater is just sitting at this water table and no matter where your house sits, you just have to get down to it. But yeah. what you're saying is there's shelves in there. That's correct. That the water is being forced into a different direction. Yeah. And no matter how far down you go, that source could just keep going forever before you hit it, right? Yeah. I've had a hydrologist tell me that there's a river under the river on the North Thompson. Right. It, it actually flows mm-hmm. as much water as the North Thompson does in a lot of, a lot of times of the year. Two, two things I want to touch on. One, can anybody drill well? No. It is, it's governed by, by law in BC that you have to be a registered well driller. Okay. No, but like oh. me as a, as a, let's say I have a farm. Yeah. And I call you up and I'm like, yeah, I got water, but I want more. Okay. Can I, can I just drill a well? So in certain situations, yes, you can. Um, will that well get approved for farm usage? Um, maybe not. The reason being is, is the new Water Sustainability Act that came in, in uh, well, three years ago, um, it says that if you affect your neighbor um, by drilling that well, um, it's called fit for first right fit for first refusal. That person next door to you has the first right to that groundwater over you. Right. So if you affect that other well, you could be a potential that you may have to close that well off. Um, the other thing is, is the government is in a protection state now. So fishies become more important than farmland um, does. So, the, and this is getting to the Merritt area. Yeah. Uh, two years ago, there's a large, large hay producer out there. He, his wells were cut off because the Nicola River was going down too far for the fish to swim through. Yeah. Right. Huh. Yeah. So, in saying that, it, it still is everybody's entitled to potable water. Correct. Like, like domestic potable water. Correct. Yeah. But it's when you want to... Start using it for other things. Other things. Yeah. That's when you... That's right. Okay. Exactly. That's a good, good call. Good question. Because that's exactly right. So for the most part, to drill a well, no problem. You right. can drill a well. Yeah. Um, replacement wells are going to become a thing here in our area. They happen quite often down in the States. Yeah. Um, they will start to come here because we're starting to get see some wells that are getting a little long in the tooth. Um, 25 to 30 years old. Um, wells can start to fail. Right. And, and you need to go probably deeper. Maybe. Maybe. If the water source is still good, right. we, we might be able to just drill 15 feet over. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I think you covered most of my, my questions. Yeah. Um, here, here's a personal question. Okay. I know that like in the Nutsford area, uh, like Nicola region, not 
Nicola Lake region, kind of okay. in between Merritt mm-hmm. and Kamloops. Yeah. In the last two years, groundwater has hit ultimate levels that they've never seen before, at least in lifetime of old farmers and stuff. Yeah. Are you seeing that as, is that, is that something you're like aware of? Is it, is it concerning to anybody? Like we work for a major, I'm not going to mention anybody names, but they're the largest cattle operation in North America. We work for them. Right. Um, We're starting to trend their wells because they obviously feed a lot of cattle Mm -hmm. in the winter time. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, We are starting to trend their wells because of, because whether you want to call it climate change or, or the way that the climate is happening. Right. Um, yeah, we, we definitely becoming a concern and we really are starting to notice it. Like you said, from the Nicola all the way through merit for sure. Right. Yeah, definitely. My, my, my neighborhood, Mm -hmm. which is on the top of Pratt, Pratt, Pratt Pratt road. You bet. Yeah. Kind of on a high, high spot. High spot. You bet. All of a sudden last year, everybody's spitting out water in their yard. Mm -hmm. And historically, a lot of those properties all had wells. Yeah. Including my property, which I really recently found out from an old timer. He says, yeah, right there in your driveway, that little dip. Yeah. That used to be a well. A well. Right? Yeah. And it's interesting because now we have, there's ground, there's water coming out of the ground in, in specific spots in the city. Kamloops is struggling to try and maintain roads that are getting washed away in our area. Yeah. Um, from, from groundwater. And I start to see it more and more where, you know, in the spring, you see the melt coming off a driveway. Yeah. And then in August, it's still there. Yeah. Um, we're definitely starting to see different trends for sure in different areas. Um, especially, I mean, especially with how much, uh, you know, forestation has been consumed by yeah. fires in the last while too. Um, as we saw this last year, which was, un, you know, un, it was unbelievable on the way down to Lillooet this year, right? Um, complete washouts, uh, ground can't hold anymore, uh, out in the barrier area. Um, we work for the Simp First Nations out there. Um, the, definitely the elders have concerns because we're, we're starting to see different logging applications that might be in watershed areas. Um, rightfully so. Um, there's also the other situation is what do we do with the trees? Do we log them after the fire has went through or were they, were they, were they better there to be at there? We, right. you know, there's studies that, that haven't really been proved out yet. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you have any good stories for us? Um, the biggest one is that the one that is in the last little while is the Carisdale one that probably some of you have heard that we just paid $14 million to finish off, uh, a flowing artesian well that was in, multi-million dollar homes um the purchaser the purchase the purchaser um from overseas yeah. uh, purchased this property and decided that he was going to tear down the old house yeah. um put in a swimming pool and then drill a geothermal system um so he hired an unregistered contractor Perfect. which drilled <laughs> which drilled into the known aquifer there (laughs) and started flowing about 350 to 400 gallons per minute um, eventually out of that well wow like i said that just went over 14 million dollars to close the wells off that you and i as a taxpayer theory on how you close a well it's a major job especially when the driller 
decided that he got scared and pulled back the casing, which in our industry, you don't pull the casing out, you leave it in. It's the only way to cap it. That we have, we know, now we know where the actual hole is if the well, if the well is still there. No, he, he took it out, jumped in his truck, drove out to the Vancouver airport, caught the first flight back to Italy, and nobody's ever seen him again. Oh. The drill rig was found in the parking lot of the Vancouver airport. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so it, he knew what he was doing. Yeah, he knew that he better get out of Dodge. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's the, big, that's the big story. But there's also a capped well up in, the, up in, you know, up north that's got shut-in pressure of about 120 PSI that flowed over 3,000 gallons per minute too, right? Um, Bet you so, Nestle would like to get their hands on yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> and then, my, and then my other, then my other story that I have is, is that uh, we went to do a well inspection for somebody, and we looked all over for the well, and finally the homeowner came and we said, "Have you seen the well?" And we said, "Well, they, we only purchased the property about three or four years ago, but there's always been this funny pipe inside of our house," and so I said, "Okay, well, whereabouts is it?" And so they took me into the bathroom, so it goes tub, well, toilet. Wow. Wow. Inside the bathroom. So I sent pictures all over North. That'd be a good pick. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So when the... Can you come home and like, you're like, kind of like <laughs> daisy and you don't know which one you're sitting on? Yeah. <laughs> so we ended up, a year later, we ended up pulling that pump. Yeah. Well, all of the pipe and everything had to go through this lady's house, out of the house, or through the house, through, out, through the door. It was a 175-foot well. It was on poly. And it had high manganese. Her house was black by the time we finished. Oh, no. Yeah. She had to tear the carpet out. Talk about setbacks. Yeah. <laughs> setbacks. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'll stick with city water. Yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness I got it. Yeah. When people pay for water, um, it's a lot cheaper than having your own well. But at least you can get to control your well. You know where your water's coming from, and you can control that. Well, I've often thought, sure, it'd be nice to go dig up my old well and just irrigate my lawn with it so I don't get taxed so much, but <laughs> yeah. maybe I'll just leave where it is. Yeah, I would. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Do you have any closing thoughts, Allie? Um, no, I asked all my questions, yeah. all of them, and you a- answered the ones that I didn't ask. And, I, and like I said, we have a really good secretary in the office. If somebody wants to phone, whether it's a realtor. Is that your wife? Yeah, that's my wife. Okay. Uh, yeah. And so <laughs> if anybody, really nice. you know, and so we... We, people all get trained in our company, whether it's my wife, she just went for training last week with our, in our, in our company. So that when somebody like, you know, the old story, there's never a dumb question, but we don't want to give a dumb answer. So why we want, we want person to be trained. So my closing thoughts would be, don't take water for granted. Yeah. One, two, uh, if you do test for quality, and quality doesn't look that pretty, there are systems out there that could solve that problem. So don't discard that property right away. Right. Just look for your options and investigate a little bit more and to see if it is... Maybe could be yeah. made, right? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know a situation where uh, a guy had a... It was a known poor well um, up Thompson, North Thompson. Yeah. And after... I don't know who the, the well tech was at the time that went up there. And they just found that the well was just sitting too high. Yeah. And so they had a lot of static water level. Mm-hmm. Like their static mm-hmm. water level was quite high. Sure. And they lowered the, the pump down and yeah. it, it, he hasn't had a problem since, knock on wood. Good. Good. So I don't yeah. know. Cool. Yeah. 
but yeah, I think we should, as realtors, be a little bit more savvy about persuading our clients to, yeah, you know. Get that well inspection done. Get that well. So, yes. okay, closing okay. thoughts. Okay, mm-hmm. what what is a well inspection going to run me? Um, upward, well, the probably the cheapest before everything. You're, you're looking at probably about 600 bucks. Okay. Um, start adding $200 in, you know, for, you know, the, the high, high mineral one that you're looking for. Yeah. Um, that's, that includes quality. Um, yeah. Like what we, what we do is this. So, um, so if, so right off the bat, you're going to spend, um, typically for in this area about like about 450 bucks. And then a little bit in mileage, and that gives you a rough. So yep. we're, you know, with GST and everything, we're, you know, just over $500. And then add um, uh, bacteria and stuff like that. That's another $170. And then, or well, bacteria metals is $170, and bacteria only is $95. So um, it's, it, I mean, really, it's, it's pretty good. It's, it's nickels compared to it's the overall Exactly. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, we're, I don't want to claim us as like a home inspector. We're, we're, we're focused on one area. Yeah. Home inspectors focused on a whole bunch of areas of a house. We're focused on what you're going to, with your water. That's yeah. all yeah. we do. It's a good motto. That's all we do. Yeah. Protectors of groundwater. That's our motto. Yeah. You know. Um, my very last thought would be, on the government website, mm-hmm. on the logs for wells, yeah. it's not a very awesome site to navigate because there seems like there's a lot of blank information. The, yeah, and there's training on it for people, right? right. But not just what I would what I would suggest to a realtor if they're looking at it or if they want to um, te- or if they want to tell their client about it is just go on to G Wells and then start putting it, and then you got a map. And basically, keep clicking into the map, and it'll go down and down. That's the simplest way. Don't try and put in a whole bunch of numbers or addresses or anything. Yeah, yeah. Just go to G Wells on the government website and use the map tool. Okay. And every time you click on it, it goes in closer and closer all the time. Right. And it'll give you an idea of the wells that are in the area. And it might even come up with your well that you're looking at. That's a good takeaway from this. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've always tried to put in addresses or well tag numbers. Yeah. And sometimes it just leads you nowhere. Right. Or you might put in the wrong well tag into somewhere else and it'll show a well up and down in Victoria or outside of Victoria or something because you didn't put it in the right spot. Right. Now, just do go to G Wells and just like I said, just keep clicking in and, and going through the process. Good takeaway. Yeah. How do people get a hold of you if they're looking to get some well water, groundwater specialty services from you? So um, the best place is go to info at centralinteriorpumps.com or reach us by telephone and talk to Brenda in the office at at 250-578-7829. But if, uh, if you do it by email... We already have your email address, and we can already forward something to you. We have we have you in the system now. Right. It's it's probably the simplest, and within within a day, we're getting back to you on what your next procedure is for sure. Cool. Yeah, I really really appreciate you coming in and speaking to us. I know you're a busy guy, and it's probably yeah. the water season out there. So you bet. I'm sure you got stuff to do and places to go. So I won't keep yeah. you any longer. But 
Thank you, Blaine, for coming on the podcast well, and thanks. sharing all your info. Thank you very much. Thank you. That guys. was a lot of information. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully something you guys got something out of it for sure. I know I did. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Thank you. Great. Thanks. Call Parker Bennett now for your complimentary home evaluation.